0: Thanks to our patrons for sponsoring this episode and making this episode happen. If you want to get special stuff like the before and after bits, then you need to head over to patreon.com slash boards and swords. live from Sword Studios it's time for boards and swords whoop, whoop, As Philip finishes playing me a, a, a jazz beat. <laughs> All right, that's it. That this is Boards and Swords. This is the podcast where we talk about board games, specifically bad jokes, good folks, and a little bit of games every now and then. I'm one of your hosts. I'm one of those good folks that I put in quotation marks. My name's Chris Renshaw. My partner in crime is also here as well, Mr. Philip Herbig, who's who's again just that ump, that that voice in the background you'll hear. I am I am what goes bump in the night. Oh, are you? Yes. Oh, so that's what that sound was. So cri- I know what evil
1: flaps in the night. <laughs> I <am> Darkwing. Duck. <laughs>
0: i am the toaster that toasts the bread of justice or something it was always something like weird like that it was something just so hard wait that that's on disney plus isn't it i think so uh i don't know gundam might have to wait what do you mean oh here we go yeah. i'm the surprise in your cereal box <laughs> <laughs> it was like i could finish watching
1: gundam i could watch Darkwing duck I, don't know.
0: <laughs> I am the thing that goes bump in the night wait why did it move <laughs> uh. Like the, the I was watching something and it goes oh <laughs> oh here it goes I am the terror that flaps and then I am the switch that derails your train <laughs> I'm the neurosis that requires a 500 hour shrink <laughs> <laughs> wow that one's that one's uh that one that did. one got a little real I'm like, <laughs> I am the spider that nips at your neck that's kind of kinky. <laughs> Like some people are into that. It's Supposed to be a kid show.
1: <laughs> that's well, then again, all a lot of those kid shows had adult jokes yeah, thrown yeah, in yeah. there. I
0: feel like that's what the that's the only way that the the um, the animators stay sane is they're just oh, yeah. like <laughs> like they're writing silly things for kids, but we're just to like let's see how many people can actually get this wink. Yeah, that's why yeah. you always hear like yeah. the Disney like oh he hit the ground and sex came up <laughs> like the Lion King with the dirt or whatever. Yeah, but uh, so. Yeah, it's after Christmas time and uh we've we we're, we're taking a break off from our normal like this would normally be a guest but you know everyone's celebrating the hobby holidays so there's no point in uh you know uh badgering somebody to, to come on our poor show. So uh but, hey hey hey, you want to come? Hey hey. Hey, come give us clout. Hey hey. Uh but we do have some news. First up here, Philip. This is the this is the one I was saying you're gonna really hate. Uh, yeah, Ares yeah. Games is saying Cylon to the Battlestar Galactica license. Yeah, so Ares and Games and Universal Brand Entertainment in their Battlestar Galactica license agreement due to expire November or December 31st, and they even show here the Battlestar Galactica starship battles. So yeah. sales sales of products will continue through June 30th 2021 and they're going to apparently release digital versions of the faster than light expansion pack which i'm assuming is just more cards
1: um i i actually i pulled up the article before and i was reading through it's a um it's it's like a new rule set it oh. allows op- it, it gives optional rules for um um for different play uh like they throw in um advanced faster than light movement um, Oh, extra Uh, Like, you can throw, like, long-range heavy missiles. um, Small planetoids you can orbit. Like, there's missile planetoids... Yeah, different markers, dust clouds, so like random debris clouds you might run into in space. Yeah, it just adds adds like probably probably went through and saw what people
0: were homebrewing and was yeah.
1: like, hey, let's make it official and make money off of it.
0: <laughs> That's a good idea. I'm gonna make money off of it now. Yep. Hey Philip, you're about to have a complete set of a board game. <laughs> and
1: I do have a complete set of the board game.
0: Well I mean like that. It- Is there going to have other stuff? I I went to the website. I own every mini. Okay. And they're not going to make any... There's not any other ones in the development that'll happen before?
1: Not that I saw.
0: No. Well, that sucks. Yeah. (laughs) The game was over before you ever played it. Right? I mean, I I (laughs) demoed it once. (laughs) And I bought all of it yeah this is the problem of liking
1: licensed games oh yeah 100 i mean i'm just like if if i get any news about um the power rangers board game failing i'm just well there will be a one-man riot
0: at least with that you've got like a metric crap ton not I an do. imperial crap ton but like a metric crap ton yeah I, uh, uh there's, there's like there's like me and a 100 other people just <laughs> keeping that company in business <laughs> Uh,
1: not what are you talking about renegade yeah we're talking about well at well, least couple, that like a couple that. hundred thousand I mean. <laughs> How well did that, that last
0: Kickstarter do? That
1: part of the licensing division, like two hours.
0: Yeah. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a small trivial amount. No. no. And you got to think there's some ones. that are doing like the, the retail versions, like the, uh, the team covenant uh, oh, yep, yep. that aren't even back in the Kickstarter. So I don't know if I'd worry so much about oh, that. Hey, look, at the, uh, look at the featured resources on that news page. Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh... Oh, that's funny. Hey, I actually should bookmark that so I know. Anyways, we'll get... <laughs> uh, so, another another news. This one, I was when I was going through my feeds for the show, I saw this one and I kind of went, wait, what? So, uh, a new setting is pathfinding its way to the Savage Worlds RPG, and that is uh, Pathfinder... <laughs> is coming to Savage Worlds, which it's like, that'd be like saying D&D is coming to Pathfinder. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> Uh, it's apparent. like, I love the way they word that the, this is, I'm reading from the, there's a tabletopgamingnews.com. It's like Pathfinder. It's one of the most popular RPGs out there. Savage Worlds. It's one of the most popular RPG systems out there. I'm like, is it though? Like I know it's got its hardcore fans. Oh yeah. It's, it's got the, and I have Savage Worlds. It's over on the shelf. I've just never played it. Pathfinder, you can make that argument. Savage Worlds is like a niche. Mm. But at the same time, it's also like a subgroup where there's like versions of the game within Savage Worlds. Like, you know, there's Fate, and then there's all people playing their version of Fate, and just like there's Powered by the Apocalypse. I know Savage Worlds is kind of in the same same boat. Uh, But the point of this is... It's a new rule book that their core rule book that's going to be it's Pathfinder for Savage Worlds in it's also going to be a Kickstarter to box set it looks like. And I'm assuming that it's going to be, here's the official Pathfinder World Glarion. Now here's how you relate that to the Savage Worlds rule set. Okay. So that and and some of you might be saying like why would you do that? And I'm the only the only thing I could think of is that Pathfinder is really good about putting out new content as far as storylines and like their adventure paths and just like every month putting out a new a new part of their story. It's like an LCG where there's a new chapter every month. Same thing with Pathfinder, there's a new chapter to their their whatever their current adventure path is, and I think they do two a year, and they're written actually really well. Like that's one thing I will say. Pathfinder does a lot better than D D. Is the original the, like first person storytelling for Paizo is okay. really really good. Like we're gonna derail here for a second because I've talked about this on my blog post, but I've never talked about it here on the podcast. I'm kind of fed up with the fact that D anD D and wizards just keep kind of doing this greatest hits thing for for D D fifth edition. And it's okay. like, oh, you remember that one adventure that people liked? Well, we remade it. You remember that one dungeon that people <laughs> liked? Well, we remade it. You remember that one setting that people liked? Well, we made a new adventure using that setting. <laughs> like, you know, the first the first scenario was Tiamat. You know, like that's a big, big, you know, ongoing monster thing. Uh, then the second one was the 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 princes of the apocalypse was all about the temple of elemental evil, classic. DD dungeon that's gotten mod that's gotten updated a couple times, and that was the fifth edition version. Out of the Abyss, I don't know as much about because I didn't read through all that book, but I'm pretty sure that one was kind of standalone. Uh, then you had Strahd, which is Ravenloft, which has been overdone several times. Uh then what was after that? There was the uh Storm King's Thunder. That was kind of that one was kind of new. Then uh oh, oh 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 tomb of annihilation which was just like hey let's take tomb of horrors and make it actually good <laughs> not to mention there was that whole book that was like all we did was just take these old adventures um and re- uh, tales from the 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 dawning portal and it was just like four or five adventures that they took from old editions and put them in and made, remade them for 5th edition it's just like each one is just either a retelling of a storyline or picking up where that storyline left off. It, it, that's all D and D five E has been as far as first part, like first party official wizards stuff. Right. Like I'm like, come on now you have this like big world you map out and you only spend like, you spend all your time in this little tiny corner. It's like the equivalent of how, you know, how many disaster movies only take place in New York and LA. Right? Except for at least there, there's a whole country in the middle. <laughs> There is yes, there's
1: you're on the opposite side. But
0: uh, getting back to well, the point, uh, well, 2012 also took place in China. No, okay, I didn't see 2012.
1: <laughs> yeah, you didn't miss much.
0: <laughs> um, so that's the only thing I could really see for uh, the having Pathfinder and Savage Worlds is like that way you're like, oh, I love Savage Worlds. I wouldn't play anything but Savage Worlds. But I'm a little burnout on ideas. Now I can pick up that kicks or that uh, Pathfinder Adventure Path. And I have like a translator kind of thing of how I can incorporate these monsters into savage worlds. Yeah. So, and honestly, the, another thing about this is this is one of those products that like, even though it's put out by, by established companies, I feel like a Kickstarter makes sense because it's one of those like, Hey, we have this idea and there's no idea if people actually like this idea so instead of investing a bunch of money and it being a dud, we're going to put it on the Kickstarter and see if people actually want this. You know what I mean? Oh, exactly. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. I mean, like that's, that's Kickstarter's big thing. Yeah. So, and then, and uh, we're, we're going to do a thing. Yeah. Last uh, one. We're going to do a thing and we want to see if people are going to enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. That's why when I see big companies using Kickstarter, um, especially when it's a thing like we don't know if people want this. So it's a weird, we're trying something new. So we're an established company, but we're trying something new and we don't know if people like it. So here we're just going to put up on Kickstarter. That's what I'm like. Okay. That's not so bad. Yeah. Uh, So last one here, you're going to have to uh, Vanguard your wallet against. And that is (laughs) ISS Vanguard from uh, Awaken Realms who. Uh, If you've ever heard of Nemesis and Tainted Grail... Philip may not have. Uh, if you you may have heard maybe Beetle talk about it in the Slack is probably about. Uh, I know he's mentioned Nemesis once or twice, but this is that same company. I brought this up also. I saw some people talking about it, but it's actually launched now. It's on Game Found instead of Kickstarter, which is uh, I believe run by, if not a part of Awakened Realms, it's like the same people, like distinct company, but still similar uh employees behind it if you know what i mean
1: it's not like we represent but are legally
0: distinct kind of where it's more of like hey we made this board like two separate companies but founded under the same people okay where it's like hey we made this board game company hey we made this game platform the two aren't a part of each other so if one goes under doesn't affect the other (laughs) there you go
1: i mean that's that's
0: uh, that sort of thing but like this game fu- like a lot of people don't like going away from Kickstarter because you lose some of your your uh, there's a built-in audience of Kickstarter but this game funded in yeah. like three minutes. Oh yeah, and it's been all over my um Oh yeah, they've Facebook. been doing they've been doing a huge media push, like advertising push. Like I have done
1: I have done nothing with this game specifically, mm-hmm. but any any board game ad always pops up with this game.
0: Yeah. Uh almost 3 million dollars on their own platform, which means they're getting like all that 3 million dollars just about. Jeez. Yeah. Um so w- what the game is, it's a space kind of game where it's a lot it's it's um hang on chris hang on chris if you're gonna do that you gotta do that right it's in space space. so uh basically it it's a game and it has a lot it's a lot there there's that thing so there's a lot in this game it's like a hundred bucks for the for the base box and you're playing a sci-fi setting where you go out and do missions and you've got miniatures and that sort of thing and then when you're done you come back to the ship And the ship is like a separate binder that you open up and then like tell stories and do stuff that are on the ship and all the ship kind of adventures that happen along the way. So, And then there's dice and cards and minis and there's even a whole nother box of minis that's like another 80 something bucks that like replaces... I think you get like cardboard standees for some of the the baddies and it replaces them with full-on minis. Mm. Yep. So uh, when I was reading, the the when I first kind of glanced through this, when it's talking about players are p- controlling four different asymmetric sections, security, recon, science, engineering, onboard ship, ISS, Vanguard. Um, it reminded me a lot of Gen 7 because that was kind of in that sense um, but this just this looks like someone was like hey let's make a mass effect board game like if you like if you look at the design of the ship on some of the kickstarter like that looks like it's straight out of mass effect like mm. let's take the mass effect ship and throw some extra fins on it so uh, do, 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 do. yeah core Over boxes 80 dice yeah this is one of those it seems right up my alley but it's just so much stuff Oh, yeah, yeah it's a hundred bucks for the core box and then the vanguard pl- commander's pledge is 180 which this is the part i'd have to have i'd have to have the 180 pledge and that's the big reason keeping me out because it's got all the full-fledged minis and that sort of thing and there's all sorts of stretch goals like each day is like a new scenario that gets added yeah well, it's
1: it's two days from what I'm reading. Cause oh yeah. Like day one, day three, day five, day seven. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's. I uh, like am just looking. At, I is that? I don't think that's to scale, though. Who knows? On the yeah, because like
0: you can't really take any. Of the, you can't really take any of the scale pieces from these pictures because those things could change. Oh yeah. yeah. See, like they give you like if you scroll down through some of the expansions, you'll see like oh here's the standee. Here's the mini. The mini meaning you need the Close Encounters box. Yeah. So and it's like, uh, I couldn't get the base version. Look at those standees versus the mini. The mini's like, right. look at this really great thing. And then there's another thing, uh, even more dice. Yeah. There's like ship card holder, paint things to help upgrade your ship. You like put a new card in the binder, and that's you upgrading your ship.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It. it this is a lot. This is one of those I would need to demo because it—that's—that's that's a lot of money to get a dud, you know. What did I? I went whole ham on something
1: earlier this year.
0: You did, and you talked about it on the show. It was like a sci-fi board game, wasn't it? Yeah. That was only like two, three months ago, I think, right? Was it? I want to say it was when it was just me and you doing the show.
1: All right, let me. Oh yeah, Core Space Firstborn.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I gotta turn
1: off some of these Kickstarter emails. <laughs>
0: All right, so, all right, so. Uh, by the way, I just want to say thank you to everybody. There's been already some that have uh, filled out or sent me emails with some feedback stuff. Thank you to all those. Uh, I'm going to let's let's say um, was it January? is 31 days. Yes. So January 31st is when 31st is when I will stop the. The, that way we've got at least four people, because I know not everybody listens immediately after the show comes out. Right. So, but I will say that those of us, or those few, I think it was about four or five people that already jumped on it, each one of you is getting uh, a dice a, a, a dice package or that, you know, that will at minimum contain two dice, maximum contain other stuff that I find and put in there. That's right. Uh, just as a thanks for being on, on your A game. And then the, I'll choose a couple from the from the remaining that go in there. Uh, so speaking of which, uh, Philip, Chris, um, I got, uh, how was Christmas? Um,
1: I, I gotta be honest with you.
0: Christmas was kind of amazing. <laughs> Cause she didn't have to do uh, anything. I got left the hell. Alone. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of nice. It was so great. Um, I got, um,
1: I got everything I asked for for Christmas <laughs> being left alone. Well th- that, yeah. And I didn't ask for anything. <laughs>
0: I actually got board- I, I actually got board games. You got board games? Yeah. So, uh, my sister-in-law got me as a uh, secret Santa and, uh, got me Catan Starfarers. Cause you know, we've been going, we've been going big on the Catan. So I put on my Amazon yeah. list, uh, what? I was agreeing with you. Oh, okay. Uh, we've been going big on the Catan. I put on my, uh, Amazon wish list the, the Catan Starfarers, cause I didn't want to buy it, you know, on a whim because it's like 80, $90. Cause it's like, a and I was like, man, that's a lot. And then I got it and I'm like, this is a big box. <laughs> uh and then also i got a game called horrified from chloe who like christmas eve or christmas eve eve like either festivus day or christmas eve uh sends me a pic of of the game horrified and like hey would you play this (laughs) and i'm like yeah i've actually already played that and yeah it was pretty cool and i start telling her about it it's it's a co-op game um that's themed around the the universal monsters, so it's got, like, the invisible man, and then the thing from the Black Lagoon, and, like, the blob, and you pick the oh, different yeah, yeah. monsters, and each monster has a different scenario kind of thing, um, and then, funny enough, like, a day later, I get it as a Christmas present. I'm like, gee, go figure. <laughs> So uh, I haven't broken that open, but uh, we did break open Catan Starfarers. And I got to say, a couple of caveats. A, uh, started playing at three-player with Chloe, but Chloe quickly lost interest. So we ended up having to scrounge our way two-player. It was was kind of a lot. She's played base Catan, but as I'm trying to explain it, she's just like eyes glazing over like, I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) So we ended up just kind of like, okay, you can go do something else. We'll play as opposed to letting it just like her trying to get out of the game as soon as possible kind of thing. Um, so Ashley ended up playing at one V one and there was a couple of rules that we got wrong in the beginning and like fixed it halfway. I'm like, Oh, well this would have sped things up kind (laughs) of like there's a, there's a, so how much do you remember about Catan? Um,
1: I remember, not a lot but if i started playing i'd pick it up really quick okay.
0: so um, in catan starfarers it has the it has some of the base mechanics of catan but then with like a star uh, a space exploration game put on top so there's like four planets at the beginning and each one have like different points you can you can put your outposts on. Um, and like Catan, you roll dice and each of the planets have a number. And when that number is rolled, uh, if you've got a base touching it or if you've got an outpost touching it, you get resources. And then you can spend your turn trading and building stuff. So that's the part that's like Catan. Uh, the difference part is not only can you build like the settlements and stuff, you can build ships that like carry this so like instead of building like the outpost you build the colony ship and you put in a you basically build the outpost put a ship on it and the ship moves it to a place and then you take the ship off when it's landed basically okay and then you have to rebuild the ship again for the next outpost thing so, but, so in addition to your normal Catan phases, there's a movement phase where you move your ships down the board to, to you discover these planets deeper and deeper into space, which unlock new numbers that you can then, like more planets rolling the different numbers to getting more resources thing. Um, there's also these little trade hubs where you can interact with um, these aliens to get like a special bonus uh, and, and that sort of thing. And then the last phase is called an encounter phase, which is you have this big plastic ship that's basically a, a shuffler that has like six different plastic balls on inside. So you shake the ship up and then you turn it over and there's a little space at the bottom where like think like two lottery balls can fall out Okay. except yeah. for it being really tiny and based on those balls determine either a how fast your ship can move or b if you have an encounter in which case somebody like think like scythe where somebody picks up a card and reads it. And then you determine how you interact with that card. Yeah, yeah. But but unlike a, a Scythe, this one is like, it could be good or it could be bad. And some of them have like flow charts. It's like, you do this. Does this happen? Yes. No. Okay, then maybe this thing happens. Uh, and then you can upgrade your ships. And there, there's a whole lot more to the game. I'm giving a very simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, only because I have played it once. Um. Even I though just, I've... I
1: just, I just love one of our our board game interactions dealing with flow charts. It's like, do you have a lot of time? Yes. Do you have a lot of money? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I gotta say, though, I really like... That first play that we did of it, especially like it was, it was probably the best type of Catan I've ever played. All right. Like, cause it, it takes that Catan piece and adds like a bit more substance to where you know there's always those turns of like, well, you're not rolling your numbers, so you're not getting anything, or like you just can't get the right, like there's one resource you can't get. There's yep. there's so much other stuff you can do. So A, there's either thing, you could go meet with some of the aliens to get like a bonus to help make up for that, um, not getting a resource to make, maybe give you an uh, ability that you could trade uh, two to one instead of three to one to get that resource or whatnot. Or it's like, okay, well, I'm not getting anything. Let me build some ships and seed out some colonies on some of those other planets with different numbers so that I have a better chance of getting those. And it's just a lot more like things to do, not as much like waiting around, just waiting for the right numbers to get rolled or the people to get the right resources and waiting for people to trade. It's not as dependent on trading. Like the regular Catan is kind of all about that trading. This has that. So you still have those interactions but it's not the pivotal part of the game. Gotcha, gotcha. So I, I think you would like it just because it's 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 space and chips and stuff. I like space. So definitely at the price, you know, at the 80 dollars, I would not say like if I would not go off of my description and go buy the game. <laughs> I would, you know, try like a ta- maybe there's a tabletop simulator or something, probably of it, oh, yeah, yeah. or find someone that has it and see if you can borrow it. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty sweet. Uh, the other big game stuff I've been doing I can't talk about because it's Yu Gi Oh, and I was told that that people don't let <laughs> someone didn't like us talking about Yu Gi Oh. Duel. So I won't go into details about the game, but I could talk about what I've been doing with it, my experiences. So that's generalized towards games because I, I I've I been kind of going overboard on the Yu-Gi-Oh! as you'll find out. But at the same time, it's given me something gaming related to obsess over that I don't necessarily have to play with somebody. Yeah. So I can be like, you know, with a board game. Yeah, you can buy more and more board games and learn about them and unbox them and stuff. But there's a limit as to what you can do until you actually sit down and play the game. With a card game and like a CCG, like magic, any of those types of things, I mean, you can always just keep buying more stuff and like I can be, you can open packs and like be building decks and like thinking about strategies and that sort of thing, which some of that you can do in other board games, but just, it's a lot more of, I can, I can embrace with that gaming without necessarily having to have another person that I'm playing with. Which I'm quickly running to that point where it's like I need to have another person to play with so I can like try out a deck and play and stuff. Because like yes, I could yeah. play online, but what's the point? I'm gonna play online. Yeah. I'm gonna play other stuff.
1: <laughs> this uh, this whole this whole year, man. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, also the fact the the past past that like I months. don't
0: know anybody that wants to play. <laughs> Like I know there are people at the store that play because I've seen them there, but I don't personally like I don't hang out with them or know them enough. Know those guys, yeah, yeah. Well, like it just so I have to jump in there and be like, "Hey, guys, they're got a Yu-Gi-Oh! deck too." Well, I mean, I will do that eventually, but I'm saying like I don't regularly talk with those people to be like. Hey, what do you do? Like, what kind of decks are you like to talk the Yu-Gi-Oh oh, yeah. talk, if you will? So that'll yeah. be something. Once the store is able to do events again, uh, I will probably have to jump in on their, their like, Saturday Yu-Gi-Oh stuff.
1: We'll just need to be like, um, uh, what did Gen Con do in the stadium? Didn't they have like a, a marker you could put on the table? Oh yeah. Like, looking for player, looking for instructor. Yeah. There we go. We'll just get to like put a put a marker right on your forehead. Just looking for someone to talk to about this.
0: <laughs> looking for duel.
1: <laughs> looking for duel. There we go. Uh
0: but I did get like a gift card and totally went to high tide and bought a my first booster box of, of, of Yu-Gi-Oh! cards. And like went through and opened it and got a bunch of stuff but and like sorted them all out and everything and so now I've got like double the cards I had before but the cool part is is I pulled a collectors rare which I found a site that sells that that buys them and got like a bonus for store credit so once that goes through, I mailed them off today. I'll have enough to buy another booster box. Oh, there you go. Just I sold like five cards and got like sixty-six dollars. Sheesh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's 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 what I've been that's what I've been doing because I can just sit there, just open packs and keep spreadsheets of all the cards I have and organizing mm-hmm. binders and sleeving cards and all that kind of organizing stuff that you do in the background when you're waiting for a game to happen yeah what about you what are you been playing uh so destiny 2? we
1: um yeah we we switched into destiny uh, a couple weeks back and um they've been doing their excuse me their christmas event and it's another um so I was reading an article. Apparently this is not the first time this has happened. Uh oh. Um there is a there's a community aspect to the event. Um so it's you have to you have to collect an item called Dawning Spirit and um there's an individual goal and then there's also a community based goal. So the uh the community based on like um I think it it ends sometime sometime within the first 10 days of January the event ends. I am not 100% certain, but based on how much of this resource had been generated and like average resource per person per day and that kind of stuff the community was just 100 on track to fail this event mm-hmm. and no one would get the main reward so um Bungie had to uh, go into the background and it doesn't like when you when you collect the thing and it shows up on the screen hey you've generated a dawning spirit it does not show they went in and they tripled the um the amount that it counts toward the toward the community goal but it just doesn't show up on your screen that way so like if you generate one it shows up as one on your screen, doesn't show up as three.
0: Mm. Yeah, and, so just um, tweaking is, the yeah. ratios in the background to make things work. <laughs> yeah,
1: which is, um, and from what I was reading in the article, this is not the first time Bungie has just grossly overestimated the amount of effort the community was going to put into something like this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you got to imagine, like at this point, you're kind of long in the tooth on the game a little bit.
1: Oh yeah, I mean the this is the the Beyond Light is the third expansion for the Mm -hmm. game um and uh i remember we were talking about this originally a while ago and i'm pointing at my screen like i got my camera on like people can see me i'm gonna stop doing that um uh you had said because i had i had um kind of complained that oh man i can't do like the red war anymore i can't do any of that stuff and you had asked if um they had pulled a wow and um like cataclysm the game
0: yeah well they kind of did yeah I figured that yeah, was probably for, a big uh, reason where it's like, oh, you can't do those things because th- th- we've brought the game up to date with the storyline yeah. or whatever. Uh, the Traveler is now completely awake all
1: the time. I mean, when Destiny 2 first started, that dude was asleep and you had to you had to find a way to knock him out of his little state. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's uh, De- Destiny, Destiny 2 is a pretty fun game it's I like the story we're getting into um, we're, we're playing story missions now <laughs> which is great I like doing that and but so yeah, that's really, uh, and then on my phone I just play Gundam on my phone <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, and then we'll have for, for those patrons we'll probably have more Gundam talk in the after show
1: more <laughs> oh, Gundam talk
0: also for those that aren't patrons uh, if you want to hear us talk about like uh, the new Star Wars and Marvel shows and you know me recommending Gundam shows to fill up then you need to become a patron and get the uh, after shows which right now I'm calling the other bits the other bits yeah and so it was called the before and after it was like the episode blah 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 before and after now I'm just calling it like the yeah. other bits I don't know somebody can help me come up with a better name for like the, the outtakes. I don't like the... It's because... What,
1: um, what do they call the, um, the, the the stuff that holds the stuff you punch out? The punch like boards? Board. Well, do they just call them punch boards? Yeah. There's not like a special name for like the stuff you just... the, the part of that you just throw out?
0: Yeah, that's just the punch board.
1: Oh. <laughs> uh, that wouldn't work too <laughs>
0: Uh, we can figure it out later. That's right. But uh we'll leave it in the community. Community, uh, what do you want us yeah, to do? Yeah, exactly. Well that was the, the inti- that was that was kind of the point I was going with. Thank you, Philip. Okay. You're welcome.
1: I'm here. I'm just a couple of minutes behind.
0: Yeah, just a little. Uh so I will say one other thing. I, I do need to give an Arkham update. So uh, we finished our the Circle Undone campaign, and uh, I loved it. It's probably my favorite campaign that we've done so far. Uh, and then we decided we were going to start a new one that's called uh, The Forgotten Age that's supposed to be like an Aztec-themed adventure through the jungle, like Indiana Jones kind of mystery thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we all made new characters, and we had heard, like I had read some stuff that people are like, just be just be ready to evade a lot instead of attacking. And I was like, okay, is it because like the enemies are really strong and powerful and whatnot? And so we we made our decks with all that in mind, play the first scenario. And no, it has nothing to do with that at all. It's just it's bad when they when you go around killing a bunch of enemies because a lot of them have this like, I think it was called vengeance keyword. Which stacks every time you kill one of these things, and then like one of the the, like later in the scenario, bad things will happen depending on how high your vengeance level is. So if you've killed a lot in a scenario, it's like, well, crap! I'm getting like a minus five to each skill that I do, or whatever. Ah. Yeah. So we played through that, and we're like. Uh, we're not completing this scenario because it's just not possible for us. So it's like, okay, we either need to re-attack this with making some new decks or play something else. And we were all like, yeah, but we kind of like the investigators and decks we made. So let's just play something else and we'll come back to this. So we instead went to uh, the Dunwich uh, legacy, which is based on the Dunwich horror classic, you know, or you know classic Lovecraftian tale it's the first box they came out with and we had kind of skipped that and gone to Carcosa first so this is the first one right after the core set okay. and we played through the first scenario and Mike was like is it just me or is that really easy does that have to do with the fact that it's the first one or we've played a lot or was it just really easy and I'm like it's a little bit of everything <laughs> Yeah. It's a little bit of, we've played a lot and we've got access to a lot more cards than when the game first came out and it's also the first box they came up with. Oh, yeah. But, man... The, the, that doesn't mean that it's easy all the time I will say that like we did we did the second scenario and that was one like the second scenario I thought we were gonna have to lose and replay that one Um, but it had nothing to do with the actual scenario we were just getting all the worst luck ever like everybody was getting the crappiest card draws we were failing all the stuff like the scenario itself was pretty straightforward and easy we just could not get anything to go our way gotta believe in the heart of the cards chris yeah exactly the, the it was not with us uh so there's there's like one part where this monster's chasing you and moving through and like every time doom stacks up and clears off uh the monster moves and you want to stop it from getting to this other point and we're like okay we're doing the math like okay well we've got a couple of so we've probably got like four more turns before it gets to clo- near the place and And I had forgotten that the beginning scenario, because there's not a whole lot of cards, they rely heavily on the stuff that comes in the core set. And one Uh. of the scenario cards that comes in the core set that I hate so much is the card Ancient Evils. And that's because the only thing that the snare, the the treachery card Ancient Evils does, it's a, one of the mythos cards, you, the encounter cards you draw at the beginning of your turn, mm-hmm. all it does is it adds a doom onto the agenda and it, ca- and it can cause the agenda to advance, which oh. we were dealing with an agenda that only had a very small amount on it and then it reset as the monster would move. So you draw one and you'd be like, dang, there's one turn gone off of our plan. And then, because this was our luck, we'd have, like, two to three people draw Ancient Evils in a row. And it's like, we just lost half the turns we thought we had. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and then, like, we're going to... We're like, oh, we need to pull this. Fail. And somehow, somehow we won. I don't know how. Like... It was one of those, like, we were all like, we're going to have to play this over. Yeah, we're going to have to play this over, but let's just go through just to make sure that we knew all the bells and whistles. And then we ended up winning. Oh, nice. And it was just like, how the did that happen? (laughs) So, so yeah, that's the one, at least that's the, that's the one game that I play. We play on a pretty consistent basis is just about every week we're getting in some Arkham, minus every now and then around the holidays. There's a week we miss, but we've been, we've been going pretty gung ho on that. Yep, yep, yep. So, Uh, like I said, thank you to our patrons that have been, uh, helping us out the past couple of months. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash boards and swords. If you want to help support us, you get access to the bonus episodes that we were talking about basically. And I think what I'm going to do is spread them out because normally I kind of like drop the episode and then drop the bonus stuff right afterwards uh, I may space it out, so just instead you just get an episode every week instead of every other week. Ooh. Yeah, so just, you'll get like next week yeah. is when the episode, or like the first week of 2021 will be when this episode drops. The following week, I'll drop the bonus bits from that uh, episode. Ooh, that's probably a good term. Bonus bits. Bonus bits. Yeah. And then, you know, then the following week will be 167 or whatever. So, yeah, if you want... The bonus dice. If you like everything um, that you like in this but like more of it like twice the amount of content and not necessarily related on board games in fact those of the people that are patrons there's a special slack channel that's called like the clubhouse um, if there's specific topics or recommendations that you want us to talk about post them in that slack channel uh, only patrons have access to that channel uh, so like if there's a special show or there's a specific anime you've been hearing us talk about, that you want to be like, what about this version? Or what about this, you know, show? Or have you seen this bit? Or have you ever seen this random cult classic movie? Then throw that's That's the place to throw that. Or if there's a news store, anything geeky-ish related that you th- want our opinions of. That's the kind of place. And you'll only hear that if you're a patron. If you're this anime right here, you don't like this anime, you suck. <laughs> Uh so uh with that we do have some feedback there uh, we have uh cuz that is one thing people said is I do like the feedback incorporated in so I I do right. that's something I do want to keep going um but I'm going to expand it so uh talking about that just to reiterate in case you missed last episode uh I if you send an email, feedback at boardsandswords.com with just some feedback on what you like, don't like about the show, you are entered to win a chance of getting uh, a special package sent to you that'll have some 2020 Boards and Swords dice and potentially some other goodies in there as well. Uh, and like I said, you have till the end of January to, to submit it. Doesn't need to be super complicated or detailed. You could even just, like, there was... I said last time, like, I don't care if it's just like everything you're doing, it's great. And literally somebody not that exact thing word for word, but that essence. And I'm like, thank you. Even that's good enough. <laughs> that's some sort of validation versus my brain playing tricks with me, going, Maybe, maybe not. So but replace the bald guy. Yeah. So I've been post I I've, I've been posting on uh the Facebook and Slack saying, like, hey, what questions do you have for us? Uh, But I will say, if you have questions and you aren't a part to either one of those things, then you can just send questions that you have for us or is there something we talk about that you have a response to, that sort of thing. Feedback at boardsandsorts.com and I will read them on the next episode or the next applicable episode per se. Um, So I have one, we got one, I got one comment in here because I didn't post it until today. Uh, Daniel Chadwick mentioned in the, in the, the facebook group he said what is your favorite board game adjacent memory so he clarifies he says not the game you played but something about the moment you were in playing the game and i already know this for (laughs) philip
1: oh shut up about
0: it yeah for example and he details his he says for example my friends and i went to gen con 2017 and we played games in lucas oil stadium We're all big football fans, so we were nerding out to be playing board games on the 50-yard line of an NFL team. Very cool moment. That's one of those things that, like, I keep saying I'm going to do and then I never do just because it is. Re- that is a really cool thing of being like, we're playing board games on like an NFL oh, field, yeah. but just, just so much going on at Gen Con that I just never get around to it. I, I've actually never been out that way other than I've been outside the stadium because I parked out that way once. Oh, yeah. But like, I've never I, been in the convention part.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I went there. I went in there last year. I, um, I had, I mean, well, because like, I, just I to look around. <laughs> oh yeah just look around. last year I signed up for like three things total yeah I think yeah and so the rest of my time like I really just spent wandering around and I was like yeah but like there I mean there was so much going on and mm-hmm. all the like stuff happening in the not really stuff happening in the stands but like people are just sitting in the stands taking a break or maybe organizing some stuff looking at their purchases I think I might have seen a couple people like um, vlogging just right there
0: bam yeah oh yeah the hallway is you know, great for that kind of, and and leading up into that area oh yeah and the hallway
1: leading up to it that was cool oh, that's cool with the um they had yeah they had the uh, arcade cabinets again
0: this year yeah in so hallway. Yeah. i'll get i'll get back to your question but just because you got us thinking about gen con i want to say like if gen con happens this year and if we go to gen con because those could be two different things because you know you got to no, do we're all
1: gonna we're all gonna cosplay
0: as um uh uh environmental hazard suit yeah. guys uh but I definitely think this year I'm not going to do as many events both running events and um playing in events because I think it's going to be more just doing stuff like um, like a it, it's going to be more just scheduling time with friends. That's like, hey, let's go like Wait. people that you didn't see people that we missed. Yeah, this year. you know, fr- yeah, like definitely. various people that's just like, hey, let's play like sure I'll, I won't play an official like Gen Con event things this could change. But like, it'd be like, or un- maybe unless I'm scheduling it with a group of friends, like, hey, let's all go play Pathfinder together, that kind of thing. I think that's what the Gen Con this year is going to be more of. And like in the afternoon, just like finding groups of friends and, Sitting in the the hallways playing board games until one a.m. Yeah, instead of playing games in the convention center and still one a.m. playing different RPGs. I have a feeling that's what I'm. That's what I'm yearning for at least this year. Uh, but getting back to board game adjacent memory, uh, Philip, do you want to tell it for the fiftieth time? <laughs> I will, um, excuse me, sir. It's only the 40. All right. So
1: my board, g- favorite board game adjacent memory is, uh, a few years ago. Uh, we are all at a friend's bachelor party. And oh, this isn't
0: the, the, I knew it was, I, I, I thought of something else, but you do tell this oh, one often too. Uh, you'll have to type the, oh, you're talking about, uh, happy salmon.
1: Oh, I mean, that's that, that was, just, no, that was actually in the game with the game. Sure um because of the game that happened. Uh so this one is uh we're at a, we're at our, our friend's bachelor party and um I don't know there's like 12 15 of us in this house and a bunch of people are upstairs playing uh beer pong cuz I mean bachelor party we were all kind of frat boyish that weekend so sure we were playing beer pong. Um I had about uh, three or four people and I had brought no, I think the house had actually provided a bunch of board games and Munchkin was one of them. So I break it out and I start teaching it to some people and we're playing, we're playing, Uh, we play through a game and all right, cool. So, And they all kind of jump in and I let let someone else take my place because maybe one or two people had filtered down and as I'm kind of like just walking around watching people play, answering some questions, listening grabbing a drink, uh, I went upstairs and you could kind of sense that there was like a shift in the energy in the house. Like, yeah, people are paying beer pong and everything upstairs, and it's going great, and they're having a good time. Um, but there's <laughs> there's like this vibe coming from downstairs, and it slowly just filtered to everybody stopped playing beer pong and went downstairs to start playing munchkin. And I just I like sitting back and looking at that, and I'm like that is that is kind of amazing of like the power of board games the
0: power of board games i've been sitting here uh, if you see me glazed off while he was talking it's because i was trying to figure out what mine was i just figured it was because i was was talking you've heard the story but But, well i mean there was that uh i'm trying to think all right Uh, i have two but one is one might be too tied in with the actual game played so that's why i'm having a backup so, the one I'm talking about is, uh, it was PAX Unplugged 2017, the first PAX Unplugged. Uh, it was, it, so I went with our friend uh, Randy. Uh, it was like his first big gaming convention. Like, he's done Star Wars convention type things, and, and he had done tournaments but this was his first like gaming con. Um, and so after he, he was playing in the X-Wing tournament, cause he loved X-Wing. Um, and at the end of the night he would meet up with me and he called me the white rabbit because like, I would just be looking on Twitter and be like, Oh, there's this thing happening. Let's go. <laughs> so, and so there's a meetup happening here with these people. Let's go. And then he would just, he's like following the white rabbit. So, um, I got a text or I got a, I got a, a thing on Twitter. Um, asking to play in an RPG Um, and was two of my friends, uh, Danny Neary and Darcy Ross, the big PB people in the, the cypher system universe. In fact, Darcy used to be one of their, their marketing um, customer, customer relations people. She's moved on to other things, but um, they're like, Oh, we're going to be playing with this. You know, I'm not, I'm bleeping out on his, his name right now, but that's because I'm just having a brain fart, but it's the, the, COO of uh, Monty Cook Games is running a game, and he, she's like, "We've got an open spot. Do you want to play?" And I'm like, "Uh, yeah." And then I'm like, "Do you have another open spot? Because I've got a friend here sitting with me that would love to play." And they're like, "Yeah, sure." And so we end up. It's like eleven o'clock. We we go to like the, the meet up with them at the convention center. We end up having to move back to our hotel because the convention center like locks at 12, like they kick everybody out. Um, So we went to like the restaurant level in our hotel, like the second level um, had the restaurant and they had like a lounge area. Um, And we were there till like four in the morning playing. Like it was one of those, we were just so in the game and it was one of the best RPGs I've ever played. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's like, you look up and you're like, Oh my God, it's four in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) And it was great. It was a it was a zombie themed um, it was a zombie themed just generic sci- cipher system game where it's kind of like the show the last it was it's even said it was based on the show the last ship oh, okay um, set and not exactly but kind of inspired by that yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of th- where we were having to to raid like a ba- an, uh, like a, a army base or something for supplies and just the the various things that happen. Um, but it was intense. And it was something Randy and I were talking about later where it's just like you hear that so and so is the COO of and you just think like, yeah, he's creative and nerdy, but in like a different way. Like, you know, he's got the the production and the and the the logistical sense down. Like that's what you think of when you like when someone talks about it and it's like, no, he's just as equally creative and as great of a like game master as the people making the game, you know, like i mean sure he's making the games too but i'm saying like no they're all like that it's not it's not just some of their workers they're all like that creative um and then the the, the one memory i'll say that actually it's it's gaming adjacent definitely has to be the 6 a.m press line gen con events yes <laughs> uh definitely oh. uh, this is where uh like, 6 a.m., dude. You're already late. <laughs> no, we were there at 6 a.m. It um, didn't open up oh, until 8, and we got there two uh, hours early. Oh, I thought it was 7. And we got there. F- uh, I don't remember. Either way, it was like 5 a.m., 6 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like, it's all the, pre- all the press people are wanting to get into the, the the hall an hour early. So everyone's sitting in this line, um, just waiting for an hour or two hours to pass. And you just, you end up seeing like all these people that you've listened to their shows and it's the one time they're not gaming because they're half asleep. So you <laughs> you can have just kind of random funny, uh, random funny discussions because again, you're half asleep and like that's how we met some people like uh richmond that's how richmond, we met that's yeah. that you know that was that was like where we met up and hung out <laughs> was like the 6 a.m press line each year yeah, every year we're gonna be here boom
1: that's all right that's our not style.
0: anymore but
1: <laughs> yeah no i mean like it was it was fun getting in those couple
0: years for an hour early yeah.
1: now it's just like well the problem the is pin?
0: it got to the point where it impacted the entire gen con because that sleep deprivation yeah. the first night just dragged <laughs> Really, really you. you we get. just realized you're better off sleeping in because you'll get in within 15, 30 minutes, anyways. Sure, the game you might want is sold out, but oh well, it's a game. Um, <laughs>
1: Gen Con exclusives
0: yeah but definitely that first year when we uh, uh, and of all the years because it also got to the point where less and less people were of of the the press people we knew were willing to wait early in the morning and everybody's like yeah either I'm not going to go or I'm going to get ties with (laughs) companies so that I can get in early yep that one too yeah so uh, that first year though which would probably would have been 2015 I think was the first year we went Uh, uh, yeah that's 15 either that or that one and then 20 that one or 2016 2016 might have been better because that was also the first year that Corey and jimmy went yes, yes so that one might have been the biggest one um but that was definitely my kind of biggest moment because it was also we we're still very like even just me doing the show by myself it was still very early phases so it's kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm new at this and there's all these people that I've I've watched all their stuff and e kind of that geeking out cuz you're seeing so and so. Yep. But those are definitely my my gaming adjacent memories. And now I'm getting sad cuz there's not it's going to be like another 6-7 months before there's even the possibility of a Gen Con, yeah. Uh, I think once the once 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 it's able to have like game nights, I'm just gonna need like a weekend where we're like, all right, we're locking ourselves in board games. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have the Dirtbag Invitational. That's what it's coming down to. That's it, yeah. It'll have to be like as soon as it's safe to do so uh the invitational needs to happen yep uh i think that that's a that's a good point to end on i think that is a, yeah, so i want you to uh, roll that up uh,
1: okay i've i've clicked it like 12 times dude. <laughs> i have it uh kill it. as everything
0: in- <laughs> <laughs> You start, you know that, right? What? I, I, hang on. Uh, that's our show, everybody.
1: Uh, thanks for watching. If you like this, you're going to love our other podcast, The Dirtbags of Holding. That's where we take all of the best RPGs. We might even take that new one we talked about uh, today and completely screw it up in ways the developers could never imagine.
0: All right. Uh, feedback at boards If you've got comments and questions and want us to talk about them on the show, please send us them. Also, uh, we're on social media, facebook.com slash boards and pod is our official page on Twitter. You can find me at boards and swords and on Instagram. I'm at boards, swords, Chris, and you can find Philip as at Phil the dirt on Twitter. Uh, this podcast is also a part of Punchboard Media. For other great gaming podcasts, check out punchboardmedia.com. And lastly, thank you so much for listening. Once again, please check out patreon.com/slash and swords to help support the show. And we'll be back in another two weeks with another episode in 2021. We'll see you there. In the meantime, remember that every gamer has a story and uh Phillips says is, is he just blue screen and just texted me that. <laughs>